Welcome to the Payoff Pitch presented by DL Window Tinting on Fanimal Radio. I'm Paul Valley, and joining me today from Barstool Sports Baseball is Eric Arditi. Eric, thanks for joining the show today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, we're, we're thrilled to have you today. Uh, and the Orioles, they have been, they were rained down on Monday and Tuesday, more so Tuesday than mm -hmm. Monday. Monday was a bit of a debacle with that ground screw. They pulled the tarp off, unleash what, probably hundreds buckets, of gallons of water, of water into that outfield, and then they couldn't get it cleaned up for the Orioles to get on the field, or the Yankees for that matter. Uh, so they postponed the game Monday, postponed the game yesterday. Yesterday, thankfully, was way further ahead of the game than, than the day before, so mm -hmm. fans didn't have to sit there for too long. Yeah. Um, so today they have a doubleheader. You have David Hess going against Jay Happ um, at, uh, just after 3 o'clock yep. today, and then the second game. Is it going to be a half an hour after? Or is it? I think it's going to be one of those 30... 35, 40 minutes after the first day, or after the last out or whatever. So. Okay, well, and then you have Andrew Kastner, who's probably been the Orioles' most consistent starter of the year, mm -hmm. going against Domingo Herman for the Yankees, 7-1 and one with a 2.75 ERA for the Yankees no right now. No one saw that coming. Who? And nobody, nobody, right? So hopefully the Orioles can at least try and salvage a split out of the series, maybe win both, maybe lose both. We mm -hmm. don't know what this team has been up and down. I do have to say that this team's only a couple of games ahead of the pace of the team last year, mm -hmm. but... They're a better team to watch. Why is that? I, I think it's just that, that they knew they were going to be bad coming into the, the season. And, again, no one had high expectations. I mean, the highest expectations are, what, 55, 60 wins? So it's, it's easy. To, they're playing with house money. If they win, then, okay, that's a good win for them. If they lose, it's like, who cares? We're supposed to lose. So they're just kind of playing. It's a bunch of young guys playing with that carefree, you know, hair-on-fire attitude. And because last year you had... I think they had eight All-Stars on the team, and we all thought they were going to compete, and they didn't. And so it was just such a drag watching them last year, as opposed to this year where no one thinks they're going to compete. And again, any win that they get, it's just it's an added bonus. So, and if they lose, then it's, all right, well, how, did, did they, you know, are they performing like we thought? Are they progressing like we thought? Are the young guys getting, you know, are they getting better? So it's, I don't know, so, I think they only have two more wins more than they had through 40 games last year, but they're just so much more fun to watch. I, I don't, I, again, I don't, can't really put my finger on it, though. But. Well, right, and with a team that's rebuilding, the losses don't hurt as mm -hmm. much, unless mm -hmm. it's a blowout. But the losses don't hurt as much because mm -hmm. you're going for that top draft choice again next year. Yeah. Now, I don't think anybody's as bad as the Marlins are no, this really year. They're, they're a terrible baseball team. They're on pace to set, the, to set the record for lowest amount of runs scored in the season. Yeah. So the Orioles may be picking second. Mm -hmm. next year, which is still a really great draft pick. And that's certainly what you want in a rebuild is to get yeah. top draft picks because that's how you rebuild a ball club yeah, is from the farm so. system on up. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen it, you know, in other sports, not just baseball, but it, it works in basketball. And, you know, I mean, we saw the draft lottery last night in the NBA and people were saying, oh, maybe they should do something like that in baseball. And I said, let's, let's hold off for like three or four years until after the Orioles are done the right. rebuild. And then we can do a lottery where not the last place team, you know, doesn't get their first overall pick. So, right. Well, I think I saw something like the, the Pelicans have, what, like a 6% chance, chance to yeah. get and the they, top and pick? they pulled it out. So that's, I why, that's why I don't want the lottery, because if the Orioles are tanking for this number one pick, and then they may end up at five or six. And again, right. like you said, second pick's not a bad pick, but we, we want those number one picks. All right, I, I think there was some rigging in that NBA yeah. draft last night, because they don't want Anthony Davis to leave New Orleans. And yeah, they but, get... but if they're going to rig it, don't you think they want to send Zion to New York, where he can make billions of dollars and not New Orleans? That's, a, that's a good point, and too. And then I, I did see someone that said it was a makeup uh, for the, the Saints call. <laughs> I said, get it. I said, no, 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 we're not, uh, we're not doing that. Now we have multiple leagues. Uh, and yeah, yeah everything's right, colluding, right. you know, you right. know how it is. Well, we're talking about how the Orioles are a bad team. Again, they lost 115 games last year, mm -hmm. and it's 
their their attendance is down, yeah. right? It's no surprise. They, they were drawing over 30,000 fans a game in 2014, mm -hmm. and now they're down to just over 15,000 this year. And uh, the reason I bring this up is because I read an article by Ken Rosenthal this morning talking about the Orioles uh, with their mass and dispute with the Nationals. Um, for those of you who heard about the, the possible relocation to Vegas, Ken Rosenthal says it is not likely to happen. In the article, he said it would be a black eye on the state, the city, and Major League Baseball to not have a team playing at Camden Yards. And, mm -hmm. I, and I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. A um, couple of things that he talked about in there, the Orioles and the, and the Maryland Save Authority are apparently in the preliminary stages of negotiations for a new lease for Camden Yards prior to the, the expiration of their current lease in 2021, mm -hmm. which is huge, and that kind of would put to bed all of the talk the about, about the Vegas rumors. Um, but what that article is mainly about is how the Orioles are now becoming a small market team because of that low attendance number and the fact that they might owe the Nationals $100 million. Um, they're clearly going to appeal that. They're going to take that to the New mm -hmm. York Supreme Court. What are your thoughts on this issue? What's your take from all of this? It's The, the whole Vegas thing, I, I never even really dove into it because I, I just thought it was the biggest crock of crap. I, I didn't believe it for a second. I couldn't see it happening in a million years, like you said. There's, I don't think there's any way you were going to take a team out of Camden Yards like that and just and send them to Vegas of all places, you know. Right. It's, it's, it was, I, I never thought it was going to happen. I, did, I didn't even think twice about it when I saw it. Um, you know, I get it. it. It'll get some clicks. It'll get people, you know, talking, like, you know, like it is. I just I couldn't see it. I, I don't, and again, I think, like Ken said, a black eye to, to baseball, you taking away one of the, I mean, you know, not more recently, but grow, I mean, you know, my parents, our parents, that the Orioles were, the, like one of the big teams they you know we've seen all the legends we hear you know especially with frank dying you know in february we heard all the stories and and all that stuff and it's just there's so much history in that team and this city i i again black eye to the most extreme um if they had moved it and and again with the whole the whole Masson thing it's it's just becoming such a pain because it's every you know we talked about it off air a little earlier but every day every week i feel like we're seeing the Orioles owe them this amount of money. The Orioles owe the Nationals this amount of money, and it's it, it's it's just so annoying because half of it's just lawyer talk, and like you said, it's going to get appealed, and it's going to get pushed out and pushed out and pushed out and pushed out, and that's what's going to happen. And you know, many people say that that's the reason that Camden Yards hasn't had an All Star game since what 92, 93? 93, the yeah. second year. And and because they, you know, the rumor was, hey, once you guys get this situated, because you know, the MLB's tired of dealing with it, then we'll give you the All Star game, and that's why you're seeing Cleveland host it. Because they hosted it in '94, was it? I think they hosted it right after they got. So it was, you're probably it was, looking more like '97, '98. Okay, so right around there, and then they're getting it this year. And you know, they, the Orioles have been passed over several times for the All Star Game, and you have to think that's why. So I'm I'm just so excited for this thing to end, just so. Well, to speak to that point, actually, Ken Rosenthal brought up the All Star Game mm -hmm. in that article, and according to him and officials on both sides, the Orioles have never made a formal proposal for the okay. All Star Game. Um, and the officials for the Orioles said that the, that the club is looking to secure a new lease and make more improvements and renovations to the ballpark before no. they make a proposal for the All-Star Game. So I know that, they, that we saw things, we even saw from Rock, I think, that mm -hmm. said that they were in the running for the All-Star Game for 2018, a few years back, mm -hmm. and they didn't get it. So maybe they made a proposal back then and haven't made a new one since. Could because be. there was definitely talk in the media about how the Orioles were one of the final teams mm -hmm. and they didn't get it. So, but Ken says that the proposal hasn't been made yet. We'll see what happens with that. We'll see if they get a new um, lease. I think that they will yeah, with, I, with the Maryland Stadium Authority. I think they have to. It, this isn't a, a situation like Texas where 
their ballpark is what twenty years old, and this is the last, you know they're getting a new ballpark. I, I mean, you've been there countless times. I've been there countless times. There's nothing wrong with Camden Yards. There's no reason to move the team. Right. It's just again, I, the, the city would absolutely lose their mind if the the Orioles left or something had happened, and there's not a baseball team playing at Camden Yards. I I couldn't even imagine. It just seems like a post-apocalyptic like world if that happened. Oh, absolutely. And to to leave that that ballpark barren and empty, just yeah. it's it's a flaw of of the biggest kind, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yep. Um, so one of the reasons uh, that the Orioles they're they're clearly in a rebuild, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, their farm system is, according to some ranking, is 22nd out of 30 teams, uh, which is leading to that low attendance and Ken's article really cast a doom and gloom look at the Orioles for the future. I don't necessarily have that doom and gloom look. Look, mm-hmm. we know they're in a rebuild. We know they're a bad ball club. Yeah. For me, though, I've, we follow this team more than you know outsiders. Ken Rosenthal follows each team, but he has so many teams to cover. He's yeah. not looking at them as in-depth as we are. Mm-hmm. And I see some high-quality players on this ball club. Um, now, they might be down in Delmarva or Frederick, a couple outliers in Norfolk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez comes to mind, and we talk about him a lot on this show because, as I've said before, the minor league players are the future of this franchise. Uh-huh. Uh, today, he had one of his worst starts, and he was, it was still good by any mm-hmm. stretch. Five innings, three hits, two earned runs. He gave up one home run, which was a two-run shot in the fifth inning, uh, so he left the game trailing after five down two to one. But six more strikeouts. He's averaging more than a strikeout per inning. Uh, his ERA was 104 coming into this game, and now it's ballooned to 145. Oh, right. oh no. Oh, no. There it is. Grayson Rodriguez, he's, he's the future of this ball club, is he not? Yeah, and I mean, and I don't want to jinx him because, again, I remember looking at the Bundy, Gossman, and Harvey and going, oh, my God, this is Barry Zito, you know, Tim Hudson and all them. This is, this is it all over again. But Rodriguez seems like the real deal. I mean, his, I've seen pictures of him. He's just, he, he looks like a pitcher. He's, fit, he's just big, and he's, you know, he looks like a number one guy who could go out there and make 30 starts for your club. And, again, a high, you know, I mean, he, he chucks it. He's, and, again, if he can keep up that strikeout, more than a strikeout per inning, that's great. And he seems like that kind of guy. Obviously, he's going to, my guess is he'll plateau a little bit, and then, you know, when, when he gets moved up, and you always have those challenges. But I, everything that I'm reading and seeing about him, he seems like absolutely the real deal, and I'm just crossing my fingers, you know, that he's not going to get a forearm tightness, you know, PRP injection, oh, Tommy John, because that's that's just the rinse and repeat that we've seen with Bundy and Harvey and guys like that, and it just kind of derails their career. Um, but I, everything I've read and I've seen about him, and you know, the videos I've watched, he, I, I love him, and he, he seems like an awesome, an awesome pick, and I just, I can't wait to to watch him, you know, move up the the levels in the minors. Well, and it, the common denominator, you mentioned Bundy, Harvey, Rodriguez in the same sentence, all high school pitchers mm-hmm. taken in the first round of the draft. And for me, every time I see the Orioles take a high school pitcher, I just think to myself, put him at four to five years away mm-hmm. from the majors yep. because he's going to have Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm. Right? Might as well just get it done right then and there after the draft and just say, all right, you know, again, we'll start the clock. We'll see in three or four, you know, hope, maybe not, or hopefully not five years, but we'll see way in the future. Right, and... You have to think these high school coaches are just overusing these mm-hmm. pitchers. They're let, some of these guys let their pitchers go out there and throw 170 pitches a game because all they care about is winning, not grooming these guys to get mm-hmm. them to the next level. And I think that's why you see more Tommy John surgeries in high school pitchers than you do in college pitchers. Yeah, and I think it's a lot of the, the kids, you know, it used to be I, I want to throw 98, I want to throw 99. Now everyone wants to get that video or gif of someone, you know, buckling some guy's knees with a curveball. So they're throwing a lot more breaking balls and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, 
And again, I mean, I saw I saw something on Twitter the other day. I don't know what level it was at, but some kid threw 166 pitches in a game. That's what I was thinking yeah, about. Yeah, it was, it was, know, was that high game. school? Yeah, it was a high school game. It's ridiculous. I mean, I, it's just it's crazy because that should never have to happen. And I know a lot of I think some high school leagues have pitch limits. I'd mm -hmm. hope so. I know like Little League World Series that low they do. So if 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 they don't have it, then again for the pitcher's longevity and their their career beyond high school, which is what's going to be their career, you know, they they need to do something like that because again. The Tommy John surgery. Zach Pop just got it. I, right. I don't know. If, I don't think he was a high school guy, um, but it's 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 not as big as an epidemic as it was a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Where it seemed like every week there was some guy getting Tommy John, but it's 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 a problem in baseball. So. Right, and and the the strain on the arm you say from throwing the secondary pitches. The thing that we can talk about Grayson Rodriguez. It probably puts him a step above some of those other first round picks. Is from all I've ever heard from people that have coached him, have had him in their system, whether it's high school or or now is that for a 19-year-old kid, he has a great feel for his secondary pitches. Like you said, a lot of these guys want to come out there and they want to throw 98, 99, 100 miles an hour because that's the, the trend That's right the now. cool thing. Yeah, it was a yeah. cool thing to do, yeah. Right, but uh, apparently, you know, he's got such a good feel for his other pitches. If he avoids surgery, if he mm -hmm. avoids uh, arm fatigue, I think that this is a guy who, who we could see in two years, that we could see maybe have a, having a shot at the rotation in 2021, along with a guy like Blaine Knight, mm -hmm. who was so dominant down, I mean, he had a .55 whip, like a .84 ERA, so dominant uh, out of, coming out of Arkansas, going first full season at Del Marva. He's already mm -hmm. been moved up to Frederick. Yeah, so and this is a guy who's a third-round pick. Grace Rodriguez was a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I met Blaine Knight last year. It was a couple weeks after the draft. It was his first time to Baltimore. Skinny guy. He was very tall and wiry. So I'm hoping that he can put on some weight. Again, I haven't seen any real pictures of him um, this season, but again, once I saw that he was just killing it in the minors, um, or down at Delmarva, and then you know people were saying there were rumblings. I think late last week, like, hey, don't be surprised if he comes up to Frederick. Boom, he comes up to Frederick, and I think he had a pretty good start in his first start. I don't, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but again, another guy that I'm very excited for because again, third round pick, um, not the youngest guy, I don't think, but because again, he pitched it all at Arkansas. He was in the College World Series last year, I believe, too. Mm -hmm. um, but again, just another guy that I'm very excited about, and you couple in a guy I'm sure we're gonna talk about him, like Dia Hall. You know, you throw in a guy like that, and those three pitchers, again mixed with I don't know if Hunter Harvey can give them anything. Those guys down on the farm are very exciting young pitchers, and that's who you want to build around. And they might they may not be the biggest names right now. Again, that maybe Ken Rosenthal doesn't know about a Blaine Knight because again he has his fishing lines cast everywhere. But people around here are very excited about you can't turn on 1057 without hearing, you know, Grayson or Blaine Knight or DL Hall update, you know, every fifth day. So it's it's right. very exciting just to have those young pitching prospects because we haven't really had them since the Gossmans and the Bundys and stuff like that. So just to have those guys is very exciting. Well and you mentioned a guy like DL Hall. I don't have his numbers in front of me right now, but this is a guy who's been dominating right now. Mm -hmm. uh, he has he and Ryan Mountcastle have leapfrogged yeah. Justin Neal Diaz, you have Mountcastle as your world's number one prospect one now, now, and yeah. D.L. Hall number two. Some people think that D.L. Hall should be number one. They say he'd be one of the hardest-throwing left-handed pitchers that. in like Major League Baseball right now. Top three hardest-throwing lefties, which I, I couldn't even wrap my brain around that. It just doesn't make sense for a guy who's, what, 19? Right. I, I don't think he's close to 20, but being one of the hardest-throwing lefties in baseball. like that, that just blew my mind when I read that. Right, and and D.L. Hall, this is a guy who led all Orioles minor league starters in – uh, ERA last year. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, it was it was in less than 100 innings pitched because they were trying to keep his his and, innings and, down yeah. and all that and kind of work him up. But I I think he'll have 
more innings this year. Yeah. And But this is another guy that we could be talking about. The Orioles have a lot of left-handed pitching prospects in the minor leagues. When you look at him, and you look at Keegan Aiken, you look at Cody Sedlock, who mm-hmm. you talked a little bit about on Twitter today, I yeah, saw. Yeah, he's, he's pitching a lot better because he seems to be healthy. So that's, that's, right. that's the key thing. If he's healthy, then he's okay. Right, and this is a guy who I had Adam McInturf from 2080 Baseball, uh, which is a scouting website. He was on the show two weeks ago, and he was talking about Cody Sedlock as somebody that he thinks could end up being a reliever mm-hmm. in Baltimore. And honestly, I think Hunter Harvey is on the track to become a, a late-inning reliever. Yeah, so um, something like we saw Bundy when he first came up, where you know you pitch him, he could be a long guy, or you know again you could take him out and let him let him throw as hard as he can for a few innings, an inning or two or something like that. So I, I could see that happening. Right, and when, and when Adam said that. You know, the more I thought about it, the more I agreed with him. But you'd hate to see two first-round draft picks mm-hmm. in the span of, what, four years yeah. that end up being relievers in Major League Baseball. That's not, I mean, yeah, being on a Major League roster, that's the ultimate goal, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're a first-round pick and you're a, you're a pitcher, you better be pitching every fifth day and giving a Ex- six to seven innings. Exactly. It's, it's, not, it's not what you want. I mean, obviously, again, you want that guy on the roster soon, but... You're not drafting relievers in in the first round. Just say, all right, you know, go go get us 90 outs a year. If something, you know, you want 200 innings, you want, you know, and and that's what they wanted when they when they picked those guys. But again, if it happens, it happens. It's just that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. And sometimes these guys' bodies just aren't cut out to be major league starters. And again, I you know, I, I don't think it's a disappointment if Sedlock, um, you know, ends up as a long reliever or something like that, or I don't know, you know, ninth inning guy, something like that. But um, it's it's not it's not ideal when you pick them, but it's not. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Right, it certainly is. And you look at guys like Andrew Miller, who was a first round mm-hmm. pick, and he ends up being Batances too. Batances, uh, Zach Britton turned yeah. into one of the one yeah. of the best closers in baseball. I yeah. thought he was going to be rookie of the year in 2011. Mm-hmm. Next thing, as a starter, next thing you know, three years later, he's one of the best closers in baseball. Yep, yep. In your home, sunshine can stream in through windows, bringing a cheerful feel and warmness to any room. Sometimes, though, it brings in too much warmth, even harmful ultraviolet light and solar energy that can raise energy bills, drain the color from your fabrics and furnishings, and cast a blinding glare on your television or computer screens. DNL Window Tinting can protect your home from all of this while saving you money on energy bills. Start saving today by calling DNL at 410-941-2942. That's 410-941-2942. Oh. Uh, Speaking of the Orioles' top prospects, we did mention Ryan Mountcastle a little bit here. Um, he, is, he started the year hitting 231, no home runs his first 11 games. Mm-hmm. Over his last 25 games, 349, five home runs, 17 RBIs. And like we said, it led to him supplanting Yasiel Diaz as number one prospect in the system. Mm-hmm. The thing about, I get asked daily, weekly if not daily, um, when Mountcastle is coming up. Yep. And I think that the big issue, that the reason that he isn't coming up anytime soon is his patience, his plate patience, his mm-hmm. plate discipline. He has just three walks over that 25-game hot streak, 25 strikeouts during that stretch. That's a strikeout a game, right? Yeah, yeah. So for me, this is a guy with a 349 average those last 25 games, but a 366 on, on base. base percentage. That if, if, you're a, if you're a power hitter in the middle of a lineup, you have got to be drawing your walks. Yep. Take your walks. Uh, there's some guys that we can t- we're going to talk about a little bit in the dr- that are coming up in the draft who have twice as many walks as strikeouts this year, and they're college baseball players. Mm-hmm. You're a major league guy with a, who's the number one prospect in a major league organization with a power bat. Get on base, right? Yeah, you you have to find a way to get on base. And I mean, we you know I'm sure you've talked about it, but the Chris Davis for as bad as he's been in the last few years, he was still walking, and his on base percentage, even though his average was crap. It, again, he he gets on base, and I'm trying to think of some other guy. You know, 
Joey Votto is another guy who just seems to get on. Find, he finds a way to get on base. So uh, Mountcastle only having that few amount of walks is is shocking because again, you'd think, you know, uh, he's under the spotlight. He's going. He knows he's going to be up at some time this year. It's 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 just going to happen. And for him, you know, I think that you know, the the Norfolk coach sits him down, manager, and says, you know, hey, you got to find a way to to look at a pitch. You know, you got to find a way to get on base because again, that's. I don't know if Hyde, Hyde would almost throw up if he, if he you know, had to call him up and, and he's just not taking walks. It's just you've got to find a way to get on base. Well, and that seems to be an epidemic that has plagued the Orioles since 2012, yeah. if not further back. We, we really looked just back to 2012. That's when they started having success mm-hmm. uh, before the recent downturn. A guy like Mark Trumbo, I watched him in 2016, and, yeah, he led the majors home runs. He had 47 home runs, drove in over 100 but he had a 316 on base percentage. Yeah. I mean, I, what did he walk, like 23 times Something that season? Something like that. Scope never walked either, I remember. Right. And, Adam you know, Jones And people never always walked. complain about Jones not walking, yeah. And for, for me, if this organization wants to turn it around, they've got to play a different brand of baseball. Yep. And Ryan Mountcastle might be a throwback to what we were seeing for those five years where they mm-hmm. were the winningest team in the majors. The beer league softball where, you know, I'm either, I'm either going to strike out or I'm going to hit a home run. Right. And, and don't get me wrong. I think the guy's going to be a quality player, a quality hitter at the major league level. Mm-hmm. But I think that his career starts sooner rather than later if he starts learning some play discipline and starts getting on base. Absolutely. That and you couple that with the glove factor. I mean, he's... He's been moved all around, and now he's at first base. I saw. I think I read that he was the top first baseman prospect in baseball too. Really? Which I don't know if that says more about you know how good he is with a bat or how bad the first baseman prospects are because of how bad he has been with the glove. And and that's so. I don't. Again, I'm like, is he just that good as a hitter, or are other first basemen just not that good? Well, I think it's a combination. Uh, yeah, too, it's, right? it's got to be somewhere in the middle. So because he only started playing first base a this few year. weeks ago. Yeah, right. that's just started the, again. Season. That's why I was like, man, what is going on? Because you know, I, I mean, and I had read before and heard before that if he could field, you know, if he showed any resemblance of a good defensive player, he would have been up late last season, or you mm-hmm. know, he would have gotten a deeper look to begin the season this year. It's just there's no place to put him. This team, I mean, you know, we've talked about it before. Once Trumbo comes back, this team is just a bunch of guys who are first base slash DH slash, quote, maybe a corner outfielder. Right. So it's, well, there's it's, almost nowhere to put him. It's, it's, it's painful to watch when, when you look at how many first baseman DH types are in this organization. Mm-hmm. We're going to put a pin in that for a second because I do want yep. to get back to that when we talk about some draft prospects. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ryan Mountcastle was the 37th overall pick mm-hmm. in the draft when he, when he came out. Uh, came out of high school, uh, he was a middle infielder. He was yeah, a shortstop. shortstop yep. uh, now the Orioles seem to have a plethora of shortstops mm-hmm. at the minor league, in the low levels. Uh, the guy I want to talk about, Mason McCoy, he just got promoted from um, from Frederick up to Bowie. Uh, he's hitting 394 between mm-hmm. the two. He's a six-round pick out of the University of Iowa. He's 24 years old, but he seems to be moving fast through the system. It's only his third year, and he's already been promoted twice. Teams five and two since they started seven twenty seven and twenty three. They started. They're five and two since he got promoted to Bowie, and this is a guy. He was hitting three seventy seven down at Frederick, and he's hitting over four hundred up at Bowie. Yeah, it's it's always it's always nice to see because I mean, anytime I think of a guy going from you know one league or you know getting promoted or, or moving leagues or something like that, I think of how bad Yusnel Diaz did last year when he came over. Mm-hmm. And it's new pitching, and and that's to be expected. Is a guy you know he sees pitchers for the first time, he doesn't really know them. So to see McCoy, you know, go up a level and see better pitches and better pitching, and for him to do even better than he was before, it reminds me of Trey Mancini, who again, it seemed like every time he got moved up, didn't matter who was pitching, what league he was in, what teams he was mashing. So to see that is very, very encouraging. And again, a guy on the fast track, and I mean, you know, the, 
I don't want to say he's blocked by Richie Martin because we've seen Richie Martin. He's the Rule 5 guy, so he's going to be on the team. But moving forward, this may be a guy like what they do with Santander. You have him on the team. Once he gets that Rule 5 status gone, all right, down to the minors and let's work on that bat. And then, so he's not necessarily blocked by, by him, but it's, it's good to see. I'm encouraged by the way McCoy just, it doesn't matter who's pitching, what's getting pitched at him, where he is, he's hitting. So that's, right. that's always great, great to see. And it, it's nice to see, and there's going to be some competition in mm -hmm. a couple of years because then you have Adam Hall. Yeah, and yep. Kaden Grenier. Yeah, yeah, the guy down, down there. Down in Delmarva, mm -hmm. Kaden Grenier was a first-round pick. I can't remember I think he what... He's had two home runs, I think, like the last like two or three nights, too. Yeah, yeah. He, he, and that was the absolutely. bat on him. Was, he was the bat. He was, he'll was he field everything, but, again, his bat was kind of the weakness. So mm -hmm. He did have a nice season. He, I think he mm -hmm. hit over 320 yeah. with, with Oregon, Oregon State last Oregon State, year. He yep. was in that College World Series with Adley Rutschman mm -hmm. and, and uh, going against Blaine Knight. Yep. Um, what's really cool is that we could see a, a few of those guys on this big league club in the near future yep. because you have Caden Grenier in the system, you have Blaine Knight in the system, and then the draft's coming up in just over two weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, and all the mock drafts have the Orioles taking Adley Rutschman yeah. first overall. Yep. What kind of scares me, and it's the reason that we got guys like Billy Rowell and Matt Hobgood, mm -hmm. is that there's rumors that the Orioles, and Michael Elias did this in Houston, yep, yep. the oh. Orioles could draft a lesser player at first overall, and I know you're going to get I'm hot about this. I'm just terrified of it. I, I, know I am too. Going. I'm so scared. And they, they, there's rumors that the Orioles could take a lesser player, like in Andrew Vaughn, mm -hmm. um, or even Bobby, Bobby Witt, who's coming out yep. of high school. His and uncle let, is the scout with the Orioles. Right. And there's rumors that that could happen, so the Orioles have more money to spend later on. Mm -hmm. But first of all, let me get your take on that, because I, I follow you on Twitter. We follow yep. each other, and I see how heated you get. Orioles, don't screw this up. Yep. When, every, every time day, you see a Rutschman. Because I'm just, like you said, it's every, everywhere I'm reading, you know, the Orioles are going to take Rutschman. They're going to take Rutschman. And I think I read yesterday that they said the second Rutschman gets drafted, he'll be a top 10, maybe a top 5 prospect in baseball. That's which is too. It's unbelievable. I mean, I don't, it's, you just don't really see that nowadays. And again, it's, you're rebuilding. My, my thought would be, like I'm sure yours is and everyone else, you want the best players. And I get that Elias has done this with, with Carlos Correa when he drafted him first overall. Um, you, you draft a guy who probably wasn't going to go one overall, and you give him a little less money, like you said, to give to the other guys so you can kind of overspend there. And I get that, and, and it's, it's, it's weighing on me heavily because I, part of me is like, okay, that makes sense. You know, that's Elias. That's what he's done. It's worked for him. But part of me is like, this guy seems like everything I'm reading is he is such a no-brainer, like, you know, multiple-time all-star. And I remember the Weeders hype and the Joe Maurer hype. Right. And I feel like Adley Rutschman is surpassing that. I just, it, it, I they, they were supposed to, I mean, switch, you know, what is it, switch hitting Jesus and stuff like that. Mauer with power. I, I've read the articles on Sports Illustrated and all that. And it seems just like Rutschman, and I don't know if it's social media and there's just more of him, and I'm seeing him every night. I follow Oregon State Baseball on Twitter, so I'm getting all the stuff, and, you know, we're seeing all the, the numbers look, they're, they're video game numbers that he's putting up. So when I see those, I'm just like, I just pray to the high heavens that they don't mess this up. But in part of me, you know, I read something Buster only said, like, oh, it's, it's a done thing that, that he's going to go. I think he tweeted that last night. And I'm just, I'm still just so afraid that, that they're going to go that, you know, take, take Andrew Vaughn, take Bobby Witt. So we'll save a little bit of money. And that's just, I don't know. I, again, I, I want what's best for the team. And I'm never going to question Mike Elias, but I'm just for I'm now. terrified. Yeah, yeah, until, until he starts making questionable calls. Right. But I'm just terrified of what could happen if... 
if they don't take Rutschman. I could see Rutschman going to Kansas City and you know just him just becoming a stud or Chicago. Right. And you putting him in that you know you you put Adley Rutschman in that Chicago rebuild, and that'll just that that could be that could be very that could be devastating to a franchise. I think. Uh, for me, I think that the biggest mistake of the rebuild would be not drafting Rutschman, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you why. Uh, for one, clubhouse character. He's a, he's a team leader. Yep. Sw- on the field, switch hitting, power hitting, backstop, who has a pop time, you know, tenths of seconds below the uh, above. I'm sorry, above the league average. Mm-hmm. So the league average is two seconds. Pop time getting the ball from home to second. Mm-hmm. He's at 1.7, 1.8. Yeah. Right. Routinely. And this is a guy, he, he blocks everything. He's a great receiver, great pitch framer. You have scouts who as, recent, who as early as two months ago were saying that if he had been drafted last year, would be the number eight prospect in baseball right yeah. now. And this is, you have such a young pitching staff. We talked about the Blaine Knights and the Zach Lowthers, Keegan Aiken, um, Grayson Rodriguez, all those guys coming mm-hmm. up. You want a young catcher to grow with a young with pitching them. staff, yeah. yep. especially a guy who's, Mind for the game on the defensive side of the ball is so so, so far and away above other people at his age and at his level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of that, you look at all the World Series. You can go even back to 2003 with Pudge Rodriguez uh, with, with the Florida Marlins. You look at you know Jason Veritek won two World Series with the Red Sox in 04 and 07. Yadier mm-hmm. Molina's been in five World Series in the yeah. last 15 years with two titles. Buster Posey, three World Series wins. Salvador Perez. Two World and, Series and, a, and one win. Great catchers, yeah. All, no, all of them great catchers, and that is a majority of the teams. A majority of the teams that win the World Series over the last decade and a half have all-star level catchers. Mm-hmm. If you don't draft Rutschman and you go and you take Bobby Witt or you take Andrew Vaughn, who is arguably the best bat coming out of the draft, but his defense is far behind his bat, mm-hmm. I feel like you're, 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 making the, you're lengthening the rebuild. Yeah, you know, Rutschman is a guy who could be in the big leagues as early as 2021. Mm-hmm. From what I'm, from what I'm seeing, Bobby Witt probably not 20, till 2022 or 2023. And I saw people who were saying that drafting Rutschman doesn't fit with the Orioles' rebuild because he'll be up before the team is fully complete and they're ready to compete. And it's like, I, that's so dumb. I, yeah, and I'm like, it, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you know. Just, I think he's like, like you were saying, all the stuff you were saying. I think he's such an undeniable talent. I think you would do a, a disservice to the to the pitching staff to the young pitchers by not drafting him. I, I think because I think he would help them so much, and that just it would I think that would speed up the the rebuild process and and I just cannot imagine them not drafting him. But uh, I can and I hate it. That's the right. thing. It's just that's the the Orioles fan in me. Well, right, it, it's the Orioles fan mm-hmm. in you. I mean, ever since Peter Angelos took over the franchise back in '93, even with the winning years in 2012 and 20 through 2016, it just really seemed like the Orioles were doing bargain bin shopping, mm-hmm. uh, and they were actually hitting this time around. It's, it seemed like much of the same since Angelos took over the team. So it's natural to have that wariness about you when it comes to, t- to maybe they won't take a player mm-hmm. like Adley Rutschman. But look. Michael Elias, we saw what he did in Houston. You know, he's come from nothing but great organizations, and this is a guy who knows what he's doing. And like mm-hmm. you said, he hasn't given you a reason not to trust in him, yeah. and, you know, you're cool with whatever he does. Bobby Witt Jr. and Andrew Vaughn are good ball players. You know what I mean? So if we have to resign ourselves to the fact that maybe it's not Rutschman, which I think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be. But if it's not, you're not getting a bad ball player, right? Yeah, and, and again, I mean, before the college baseball season started, I was quit for Witt. I was all in Witt. I was... You go back and you look at Bobby Witt's Instagrams, and I'm commenting on everyone. Do you like crab cakes? Do you want to watch The Wire together? We can go to the aquarium. And now if you look at Adley Rutschman's Instagrams, 
I'm saying all that stuff. He actually, right. liked, I actually saw, saw that. that. I saw that. Confirmed he's coming to Baltimore. He liked my comment asking if he liked crab cakes. So not a big deal. You heard it here first. Adley Rushman going there first in the draft to, but, to the Baltimore. Yeah, and again, if they if they draft Witt or you know Vaughn, it's not it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, because again, like you mentioned, they're both good ball players. It's just it seems like Adley Rutschman is so far ahead of them that that he needs to be the pick. Right, and you talked about video game numbers. You look at Bobby Witt. He's hitting five twenty one. He's got a slugging percentage of ten ninety seven right now. <laughs> the dude has seventy five hits, and forty two of them are extra base hits mm-hmm. with twenty three stolen bases. So that's a good ball player. And like you said, quit for Witt. We were all chanting it yep. last year, and then Adley Rutschman hit four oh eight last year. He was a College World Series MVP. And now he's come out this year, and all he's done is hit 428 yeah. with twice as many walks as strikeouts. The, the walks are ridiculous. Like, I thought it was a misprint when I saw how many walks he had at first. And they, I think he had, like, 21 intentional walks. Right, so and he would still be fourth in the Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw that from you. Fourth in the Pac-12 in walks without the intentional that, Yeah, which it, it, it's, it's like watching Bonds all over again in his heyday. It's, mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. Oh, now we're having a, a yeah. I'm not comparing comparison him. To I'm not comparing him to, to Barry Bonds, but the walks, the walks are very... Again, we talked about a guy who you, you need to find a way to get on base. Rutschman does it, so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Eric, thanks for joining the show, man. Absolutely. That's schedule for us. I think we're just about out of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, really great show. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah. And draft coming up in a couple of weeks. Maybe we'll have you back on after the draft and we can talk you, about. You let me know and I'll be here. Yeah, ho- hopefully uh, you'll be happy, Eric, instead of sad, Eric, yes. you know, when we, when we do it again. So uh, that's going to do it for Eric and I. Once again, I'm Paul Valley. This has been... The payoff pitch on Fanimal Radio presented by DNL Window Tinting. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.